I'm recording there. Hey, oh, by the by the way, we're live streaming into my Facebook group because we can. Cool. See. All righty, welcome guys to the Tribe of Freedom podcast. Scotty Mortimer here, and today's guest, you're going to love this man, Roscoe Patterson, friend for many years, uh, a mentor in the new money space. Uh, just doing things in business and finance that's just rocked me for many years uh, of, of your expertise in this space. I'm super excited to dive into this with you. Give us a little introduction, Roscoe, about um, oh. yourself and what you do, and then let's dive into the conversation. For sure. Uh, so for the last three plus years, I've uh, been completely immersed in digital finance, um, You know, helping people out to get an understanding of what the different new money tools are in the world and how they can access them to get personal freedom and oppression-free wealth strategies uh, cranking in their own lives, which is super cool. Um, you know, I'm, I've been advisor to a whole bunch of different startups and, and, and fintech companies. I've helped raise over $140 million for companies. Um, and I've specialized really deeply in the digital finance space. So I, I, you know, in human talk, all that means is, is I'm figuring out the tools and, uh, helping build the highways of the future of finance and where it's all heading. Love it. Well, this is going to be perfect for where we're going with Tribe of Freedom. I, was, I spoke to you before we came on live, right? Our vision with Tribe of Freedom is we are in a river now that is flowing towards a new way of being, utopia, I'd like to call it, or the Garden of Eden, because where we're coming from, the dark ages, the pain we've been, we're, enough of us are woken up to the fact that that is killing us, it's not working for us, and we've got to co-create a brighter future. Now, in saying that, one of the strangleholds and probably the main tool of our current slavery of what we are being enslaved by is the financial system. And here's the thing, Roscoe, and everyone watching, how many people are actually questioning, well, where does the money come from? They've just printed billions, 260 billion in Australia, two and a half trillion in the US. It's, up to, it's it. over six trillion now. Globally? So over six trillion in the six US. Six trillion globally. And so the taxpayers, the government is printing, is, is borrowing that money from the central banks and us taxpayers get to pay back via our taxes to the government to the central banks. Who are the central banks? <laughs> right? Let's have that conversation because not enough people are asking that question. How that whole slavery system, are you up for that conversation? Sure, sure. Um, I, might have, I might have not a different skew, but like a, a different way of thinking about it to some people. Because like, I know this conversation is definitely something that, you know, like there's, 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 um, there's layers of this. There's, there's the spectrum. There's the, the, you know, people believe that there's this like, evil cabal and then there's and then there's people believe nothing's going wrong and then somewhere in the middle somewhere here is bits of truth that you know like you can pull through and and, and leverage well so said yeah well my, said. my 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 personal skew on it is is to grab the most useful piece of, of information so that we can get the most leverage out of it in our own lives for freedom cool. uh, i like to call it uh oppression free thinking when it comes to this stuff because uh it, it's it's all designed when you when you talk about you know um, the World Bank and things like that. What you're actually talking about is an incentive system. So all the incentives right now are wired to trickle up, not not trickle down. Like the whole the whole system is just pointing the garden hose in the wrong direction. It's just watering one little patch over in the corner rather than running it through the sprinkler system where it can feed the whole garden. And like that's, that. really, that's really uh, based on incentives. And so... What do you mean yeah. by incentives? Well, the, the, there is, you know, like the, the World Bank was a group of really rich, rich people, regardless of, you know, whether you think they're good, bad or indifferent. They were we're talking the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether you, whether, you, whether you think they're good or bad, right? Yeah. They were rich people who had money to lend to uh, governments, banks in individual countries. Yeah. So, so the incentive for them was to uh, lend money to a country which is the most likely person to pay back money in sure. the world because they've got the ability to, you know, farm taxes off people and as you sort of alluded to earlier. So it was a very safe bet for them to get a great return on their money. So that's incentives. Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just business, yeah. okay? Yeah. So, but the incentives are wired, the incentives are wired to... Uh, in, in that system, they're wired for the person with the most money to get access to the best deals. Hmm. That's just simple, simply 
like a fact, you know, like the best investors in Silicon Valley and the Silicon Valley elites and technocrats or whatever, you know, people want to call them, right? Um, they have access to the best deals because they've got the most leverage uh, with their money, you know, like they, they have the most leverage. Um, the piece of leverage that they don't have, and I know you're all about this with the Freedom Tribe and, and this I'm totally all about this as well, which is the power of uh, the many. And so when you turn this incentive systems upside down and you go bottom up rather than top down, mm. uh, what you have is, is the leverage of voice, the leverage of democracy, the leverage of all those beautiful traits that come through on that. So, yeah, yeah kind of random way to answer your question. But, you but know. I, like, I like what you're doing there because this is something that came to me uh, last weekend. I sat uh, an ayahuasca ceremony and I've done a lot of them and it was uh, something that has always helped me and, and guided me a lot in my, my spiritual journey. Actually, Elliot, my man here, hey man, make some stories and stuff while we're doing this for Instagram as well. That'd be awesome. Um, my videographer, <laughs> he was with us on the journey, but it came up that I've spent a lot of my life fighting, right? I'm a fighter at heart. I think you are too. Entrepreneurs have to be fighters. It's yeah. part of the deal. Um, but even before that, you know, martial arts fighter and all of that sort of stuff, I've always had this like, fucking bring it on sort of attitude <laughs> in my life, which, you know, good, bad or otherwise. But I realized that over the last sort of six weeks since this lockdown started, the amount of information that's coming out now about fighting the cabal and yeah. fighting Gates and the Illuminati and all of this like crazy stuff. And I realized during the ceremony is what I fight, what I put attention towards, I give energy to. Right. And right. if I'm fighting, what's the natural thing? They're going to fight back. And that just puts more charge between the two of us. So rather than me fighting now, I'm committed to trusting the perfection of this unfolding of conscious evolution of ascension and actually loving and respecting that those people are just playing one of the polarities in this dualistic dance of life. Right. Yeah. I might not like what they're doing, but I can't hate what they're doing because potentially they need to do that so that I can be me. Right, you'd be feeding it for sure. Um, the interesting thought here is, is like, rather than fight, you know, we focus attention and energy on just making it obsolete by making something better. Better solutions. Yeah, like just something that's genuinely better for everyone involved. Yeah. You know, like um, the, this is why, this is why, you know, what what I believe makes the, the Garden of Eden in, in, in my sort of own sort of like, I guess, perspective of your vision you're sharing is that um, innovators stand up rather than activists. You know, like activism is, is good because it gets people connected to a message that maybe they haven't heard before. But something that's better than activism to me is action. Like just yes. doing things like, like, like actually um, like lobbying for a particular political view or like actually innovating and bringing something new through or like, doing things you know yeah. that, that makes a lot more uh sense to me well rather um, than fighting against something that's there actually getting your hands dirty and doing something towards yeah. what it is that you want to create right right yeah, totally. i'm all about that but I, I, I like what you said there about it's just people the incentive was there they took advantage of this incentive mm -hmm. we don't have to hate them we don't have to fight them we just need to flip it on its head i like the sprinkler system analogy the voice of democracy, like the power of the people. Come on, mate. Where does it go? How do we get there? What does that look like? It's actually, it's actually, it's actually a really clear line in my mind how we get there right now. Yeah. Um, a very, very clear, straight forward path. Um, I've only been able to discover this path because I'm putting my head into cryptocurrencies and specifically decentralized finance or DeFi is like a, mm. a, a subsect of crypto, right? Okay. And decentralized finance is essentially this set of tools that allows people to do things peer-to-peer -peer and cut out the middleman. So cut out the yeah. banks, cut out every other, you know, sort of third party and to be able to transact person-to-person um, -person in a trustless way. Mm. And so there's all sorts of lending and borrowing and all sorts of other financial products that are being made in the decentralized finance space right now that allow me to safely earn like 8% per annum on like US dollar or Aussie dollar um, mm. in a safe and secure way where the money doesn't actually leave my wallet. So it's like a smart contract, which is like a fancy word for digital wallet. Um, and, and, and the money doesn't actually have to leave my possession. I get to, I, I get to keep, you know, protection over my own money and totally sovereign. 
Yeah. Um, and all this tech exists right now. It's very early days in it though. Like mm. it's super early days. Like to, 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 to access that tech that I was just talking about right there, um, in, in about three, four months, it'll be very, very easy to people to do. Right now, it requires like 16 hours of learning and all this sort of stuff to like, you know, um, go through a rite of passage and learn some technical terms and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's being distilled at this point in time right now where using actually something that you're very familiar with and very, very like amazing at, Scotty, is affiliate marketing. So essentially what will happen is, is we'll have these decentralized finance products where affiliate marketers will be able to go and share them with people, tribes of people, and say, here, earn 8% per annum uh, instead of 1% or 2% per annum, which is what banks give, right? Mm. Um, and that's their introductory rate. It usually slips back down to 0.2%. Um, so affiliate marketers will be able to go out and share like these links with people. The people will be able to earn great rates on it. The affiliate marketer gets a little, little tiny bit of money on other people's money for sharing it and helping the network effects happen. And, uh, yeah, it's all done in a completely safe, secure, and trustless way, which is super cool. When um, you say trustless, you mentioned that before. What do you mean by so trustless? Trustless means trust is not required. Oh, wow, because it's already through technology taken care of. I don't have to yeah. trust the other person. You don't have to trust the other person. So the way these things work, right, is say I wanted to, uh, say I wanted to you know, lend $100 off you, right? I got my Sennheiser earphones here. I paid 300 bucks for them. I would, in a DeFi world, I give you collateral in a smart contract. So I'd go, here, Scotty, hold on to these. Can you lend me 100 bucks cash? And, and, and I'll pay you 8% for lending the 100 bucks cash. And basically, if I don't come back, you get to sell my Sennheiser and get more than 100 bucks. Yeah. So they're, they're using, like, essentially pawnbroking in a digital world with digital assets. It's super cool. It's like this... It's like this uh, very interesting way to, to, to do things in a smart, smart way. And so you said it's really early days. Has it sort of been escalated because of everything that's gone down with the coronavirus now or has it always been moving through the pipeline? So the DeFi just... space, I think, I think DeFi or decentralized finance was kind of first mentioned in like November um, 2018. Okay. Kind of like there at the fringes of it. I, I wasn't in the original little tribe of 10 people or whatever that mentioned it, but I was maybe, you know, two months later. Hmm. Um, and for the last 12 months, the likes of like Bain Capital, Sequoia Capital, Winklevoss Capital, Andreessen Horowitz, which are all like massive Silicon Valley firms um, that invest in things like Facebook, Uber, Airbnb, these types have been investing in companies in the DeFi space because they know that's where the future of finance is. And, and the reason why they like that space um, and are investing in it heavily is, is because they see that... Um, it can circumvent all of the, the, the stupid laws we've got because mm. it plays a completely different game. It makes the whole, the whole game of financial products obsolete compa compared to uh, how they're governed right now. They're actually, that's a really interesting conversation. Uh, talking about incentives, right now, like if you go to a financial advisor, the way a financial advisor gives advice in this day and age, because it's part of their business model, their incentives, is they advise you to go into X, Y, and Z products typically, right? Um, so there's, there's some, some financial advisors don't do this, but most do, right? Um, the, and, and what happens is, is that they get incentives, they get commissions on the products that they're recommending to you. That's their business model, right? Yeah. So their hands are tied to giving you the best advice for you personally because... And the one yeah. that makes the most money for them. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like... It's like the used car salesman, like which one has the biggest commission check on it today? That's the one you should buy. <laughs> like, and, and so what happens in a DeFi world is, is you actually have access to a full range of products, um, like, like in as little as like, I've got something that I'm working on with the team that in as little as like a week or two, we should have something ready for, the, for mums and pops, everyday people to try but we're working on this product which has uh, an Australian piece of real estate and we've done a partnership with another company on this, but they've got an Australian piece of real estate with a first mortgage and then, and then we've segmented that uh, mortgage into little tiny lots and people can, people can buy a piece of that mortgage and the returns on it, which are roughly 8 to 10% per annum, um, and they can buy as little as $1 worth of the thing. So there's some super cool fractionalized ownership stuff that's going to happen thanks to DeFi. So, you know, when we're talking about a sprinkler system, like every yeah. little bit of the garden getting watered before, what's going to happen is, is the pathway to home ownership for someone 10, 15 years from now 
is not going to be I buy my first house. It's going to buy. It's going to be I got a monopoly board on my screen. I just bought a little bit on Wall Street. I bought a little bit over here in London. I bought a little bit down in Sydney. You know, on the harbour. And, and people are going to have like this little game where there are these little tags all around the world and they've got a little piece of real estate and all the, like a fraction of a fraction of a piece of a thing here or there. And uh, it's going to happen a whole lot quicker than it has ever before. Like this, this turning point is, uh, is, is kind of in progress. Like five years from now, it will be so strange to us how we managed our wealth um, compared to what's coming. It's like, I, 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 don't know if we, I don't know if you've had this experience, but your iPhone, right? Or your phone or your Android or whatever. Yeah. We didn't have this thing 15, 20 15 years, years ago. ago no. Like, <laughs> what did we do before that? <laughs> how do we function? How do we do this live? Like, how do, like, and, and, and people really underestimate what's possible in, in, in longer periods of time. And I really think it's like five, max 10 years, people's finances will be entirely different. Like, this, this space has just had incredible amounts of money invested in it really smart people and marketers and affiliate marketers and stuff are starting to show up for the space so it's going to go wild it's going to it's going to catch fire soon so so to encapsulate what you're saying there just so i understand it myself yeah, yeah, is yeah. now we go and get a mortgage from a bank or a financial lending institution who are all uh governed by a set of rules apra uh, we have to live up to their standards or whatever and and they they have the monopoly on all of the the banking system Mm-hmm. And what you're saying with uh, the DeFi space is that it's like, in my mind, it's like I'm crowdsourcing the money to buy my house sort of thing. Yeah. Like totally. millions <laughs> of individual people are all buying a share in a mortgage yep. and I'm then taking that mortgage and buying my house or land off this person. But that my interest repayments go to a million mums and pups rather than going to the bank. Yeah, so right now we put money into a bank account, like we put it into a bank account and then we go and spend that money, right? That's how we do it. Shit's going to get weird. You'll put your money into a house and then you'll be spending a piece of a house to buy your groceries. Like, like it, it, it'll like... But everything it, will be an investment. Weird. Everything will be an investment rather than everything that money be an investment. sitting all there. Your liquid, all your liquid cash will be making money. Because right now they're talking about potentially going to negative interest rates. Right? right, which in some countries they already have negative interest rates, some places yeah. in, in Europe, right? But yeah. in US is at zero. Uh, we're at 0.5, are we in Australia still, or is it 0.25? I think, I think we're, uh, we're either 0.25 or 0.5. 0.5, yeah, it was one of those. So, in, for, uh, people trying to understand that the central bank interest rate is at that level when it hits, and that means that that's how much the bank gets from lending money. And then the, the big four banks or the other banks then take that interest rate and then they can put whatever they want on top of it. And that's their money that they get and then they pay their 0.5 to the central bank, yeah? Right. When it gets to zero, it means that they're not making any money anymore. So the money is free. When it goes to negative, it means that money that we have in our savings account or our check account or whatever, actually our cash in the bank, we're paying the bank to keep money in our own account that we go and spend every day. And right. there's some places, as I said, in Europe right now that are doing that. I'd have to Google it to, to find out where. Actually, Ellie, could you have a look at that? Where are the places in Europe that have got negative interest rates right now? But if that happens, like, why would you want to keep money in the bank? You would be paying the bank to keep money. I was like, that would never happen. It's happening right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, people always say that will never happen. Like, the bank is a safe place for my money. But the customers of Lehman Brothers in, in, in 2008 in the States or or, you know, anyone in Greece, you know, uh, mm. experienced, you know, massive bank failures. Um, it, it happens It happens in very, um, it happens in, in legacy systems more than it happens in new systems. So mm. as a system gets older, the cogs get a little bit harder to turn inside and it gets stuck and it gets gets a little further broken. And that's the system that brereks, mm. not, the, uh, not the burgeoning new tech. Uh, right now, which is the, exciting. The the other thing in there is, is you know, like we've got negative interest rates. We've also got a scary thing, and I, I say this, I say this as uh, you know, a gift to everyone, not as a scary thing. But there is a thing called the bail-in law, and if you don't know what the bail-in law is, have a check that out. But basically, that means is if if the government and the banks and everyone can't pay all of their bills, they have the right to go and take money out of people's bank accounts and pull it back to make the balance sheet of the bank whole. 
And uh, this was enacted after 2008. The law has been passed. It is possible for it to happen. And it's so that the system doesn't die. Um, this old archaic system doesn't die. Um, you know, it can, it can last X period of time longer, you know. Um, and that happened in Ireland. Yeah. In after 2008, they bailed in the banks by taking depositors' um, money. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible that that's even possible. But the whole idea of the banks are too big to fail. Yeah. That's what they're doing. They're too big to fail, but the, the government can't prop them up. So all of the depositors' money is no longer the depositors' money and they prop up the banks. There's no such thing as too big to fail. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a fallacy. It's a, it's a time-proven fallacy, you know. Roman Empire failed. The dinosaurs <laughs> failed. You know, like no, exactly. the stars that collapsed to create Earth before that failed. Like exactly. the laws of physics and nature state that things will fail at some point. This so. physical body will fail and I'll yeah. die. Hopefully it's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But check this out. Several, several banks, including the European Central Bank and the Central Banks of Denmark, Japan, Sweden and Switzerland, have started experimenting with negative interest rates, essentially making banks pay to park their excess cash at the central bank. And that right. gets then passed on to the depositors to pay the banks to pay the central bank. Thank you. So that's happening right now. There's negative interest and the bail-in laws. And the other one, mate, you've seen, and we don't want to go down the what's wrong in the world. We want to focus on what's right. But if these are the things that we can walk away from, at least we know the ex-girlfriend. Why, why we're walking away why from Why we're it. walking away, right? Have you yeah. seen the cash ban? Yeah. Being yeah, through? I've seen the cash ban. Tell us about that. Uh, so, I mean, look, the, ca the cash ban is, um, you, know, you know, the funny thing is, so being in finance, I've seen all sides of the finance space and, uh, you know, it's, it's spooked that the cash ban is being enacted because of any money laundering, black money, you know, drugs, whatever. And, you know, like I've, I've, I've had accounts in history and, and, and um, you know, personal experiences that I've seen and heard things and whatever, and I'm not going to go into those on this show, but there is money laundering and things taking place in the world, right? So they are right. They do have a positive intent on that side of things. That does exist, right? There's bad shit that happens. Yeah. Um, the, and, and, and people get hurt all the time from all sorts of things, and, and, and I don't want to see any harm done to anyone. However, what, what happens is, is when they tighten these rules, like then they constantly are like pulling the zip tie tighter and tighter and tighter on financial rules, is the person that impacts the most is the little guy because it becomes incrementally harder and harder and harder to get ahead. And so the cash ban basically states that, you know, um, you know a person could potentially go to jail um, or have a you know, massive fine for for having more than $10,000 worth of cash in their possession. Now, I don't know about you, but we all have been reminded uh, of our mortality and our freedoms with recent world events, right? And the, I personally like to hold two to three months worth of uh, living expenses in cash. Mm. I, always, I really like it. It's always made me feel good to have that, plus have savings and investments and whatever in other different ways as, as, as a thing. Now, I'm, I'm a father of two children and a wife and we have a not cheap lifestyle. And so that means that I keep more than $10,000 on hand, right? Like that's, that's a thing. And so uh, I'm a criminal for doing that mm. suddenly, you know, which is, which is where it gets weird because you think about like my, like I think about my grandmother, my grandmother was freaking out and she went and deposited money back into the bank. She didn't want to break the law. But my, you know, like people's grandmothers have been saving and putting money under the mattress and, you know, like in the lolly jar or under the, you know, kitchen sink or, you know, under a rock in the garden somewhere or whatever for years. And it's their sovereign right to do that. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not too worried about it because personally I'm like, it's kind of a cool law because it just it, it makes me feel even more uh, hungry towards uh, you know stable coins and crypto assets and all the sorts of things that are the future. But I'm I'm literate in that, so it, but it's most hard, people aren't hard hard to give people you know like that that's the thing they should do because they might they might they might stuff up they might they might lose money in the process of learning and things like that. So, um, but yeah, that will be where it'll be. And there's super cool stuff that you know. Um, myself and my team have worked on and there's all sorts of cool stuff coming like email recovery for 
for for keys for wallets and all sorts of stuff like they're they're the using the usability is being improved right now like the the way you know that whole world works right now is unusable for a normal person um well, it's not about, like it's much better than it was it's much better than it was and like in the days and weeks ahead it is getting incredibly better week by week like at a at a exponential rate however it has been really hard you know like to do diligence on some digital asset you need like a blockchain blockchain architecture phd which doesn't even exist yet because it's uh, <laughs> so new it will it's <laughs> as when computers started i mean computers started as massive room size computers and only computer technicians could use it yeah My, mobile phones were only like business people and they're about this big there's yeah. a big fucking thing on it remember back in the day nobody had mobile phones you couldn't afford it nor wanted to use this thing now everyone's got one so yeah. same the crypto space is obviously going to become closer to the mainstream but yeah. let, let's talk about that because, you, you know, you're throwing all these words around. We've got, you know, people watching live right now. We've got people listening to the podcast or watching the podcast. Uh, they're on iTunes or uh, Stitcher. Hey, leave me a review, guys, out there too on iTunes. It would be amazing for the new podcast or they're on YouTube or whatever. But there's like some, me too, man, like everyday people, we don't understand this stuff. What do we really need to understand with this new technology that's coming? Is it just that I'll just have to wait for, you know, the, smarter people to tell me where to invest or what do I need to really understand about this whole decentralized finance so I can do something now? So I think if we relate it to how the internet unfolded, it's probably useful to give people like a, a, a sort of like a, a path they can follow along. So like if we think about the unfolding of the internet, we look back to like, you know, um, just like 1995 kind of thing, right? Um, to build a website in 1995 was a bit of a big thing. And, you know, I'm not sure exactly what year WordPress came out, but that's when people started to kind of start making their own moves in the space and it became a bit easier. We're, we, we are a, 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 about six months before the, six, six to maybe 12 months before the WordPress of the internet kind of phase, where you'll oh start God. to get some early adopters starting to build their own stuff and play with things and, and, and DeFi specifically will probably be where most of the tech comes from because uh, basically what's happening is, is they're building a whole lot of building blocks there. They call it money Legos. So the reason it's called money Legos is because someone's building this thing that can create credit and then someone else is building this other thing that can create, you know, um, collateralization and, and someone's building this other thing. And then you can go and kind of layer them all together and make a weird product that never existed before. Like WordPress um, plugins. Like WordPress plugins, right? So... That's like kind of the journey that's unfolding and we're, we're, we're on the precipice of that, you know. Um, the one thing that I should, should just note for everyone going into to crypto asset spaces or anything like that is the really important thing is custody over your assets. You shouldn't be handing your money over to other people to manage. In a decentralized world, the money shouldn't need to leave your possession to earn a return. That, that's been completely collapsed now. So you don't need to deposit into a bank. You don't need to deposit into an exchange. You don't need to deposit into some miracle platform or coin that's going to give you, you know, ridiculous unpromised returns or whatever. You know, like, don't, like, in a decentralized world, you are sovereign. You have ownership at the same time as returns and protection and you have, you have physical ownership. And so if it's not if it's not in your ownership, then it's not blockchain, it's not crypto, it's just a cool marketing ploy to try and money grab profits from you in some way. So I will say that as a kind of like a top level piece. Um, there's lots of learning that can be done in the space. There's so much learning that can be done in the space. But yeah, if, it, if it's not in your control, then it's just a it's just the old guard dressed up as the new guard. And it's not really the new guard, you know. So what about Bitcoin? Bitcoin is Bitcoin is 100% decentralized if you have it in your own wallet. But you could have Bitcoin, say, on an exchange, and then that exchange is the custodian of the money at that time. So you always want to get the Bitcoin out of the exchange back into your own wallet because then you're the custodian. Like, when you are the custodian of your own money, that is the foundation of personal sovereignty when it comes to finances. Like, when you have control over it. And so the future you see with finance, which again is the foundational shackles right now that right. You know, that are holding us and the media is brainwashing us and the educational system is brainwashing, but it's the shackles of finance that's controlling us a lot of ways. So 
do you see in the very near future, you're saying five, 10 years, that we will have a completely decentralized financial system and we're all sovereign in that we, financially sovereign, that we keep our money in our own wallets, in our own possession? Five to 10 years will be up to like 2005-ish. So there'll be, you know, if okay, we think yeah. about the equivalence of the tech boom, you know, there was less than a billion people on Facebook. Um, it was still moving, you know, like we're still early. Yeah. Um, Websites were still hard to build back in 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't, wasn't that WYSIWYG was out, which is, you know, what you see is what you get, which was a drag and drop, the first drag and drop editor. But the first one sucked. It was yeah. really bad. Um, <laughs> you, what you saw was not what you got. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like the, um, but, the, but beyond that, what happened was um, we started to see an acceleration when people came into it. So, you know, like it's, it's going to unfold. I think, I think it'll be 20, maybe 15 to 20, 15 to 25 years before absolutely every person on the planet is using DeFi. They might not even know they're using it, but it'll be some way impacting their life, like mobile phone penetration, right? Mm. So, you know, it, it, at some point, everyone will be using it. They won't even know they're using it. They're like, these things are protocols and blockchains and all nerdy, nerdy nerd words. Like no one says, I am going to transmit an email newsletter to you via SMTP protocol. Like people don't talk like that. <laughs> like they, they, um, they, don't, they don't talk about the protocols and all that sort of stuff. So we're hearing nerdy words right now. You will hear less nerdy words in the future. It'll just be like, send you money, make money on my money. Like it'll be human words, you know? So so one at. generation. So like my son's two years old. I think your yeah. son's what, four? I've got a, a, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a 10-year-old. Two, four, and 10. There you go. So when our younger ones are, you know, 20, so they, they're leaving the nest and they're going out, they're doing whatever, yeah. it will be a completely decentralized, meaning that the central banks of today are no more. Yeah. That's what you believe is coming. Yeah. And not because there's a revolution of the people but because people will adopt these new technologies and ways of exchanging value with each other. It will be because it will be because of the people. It'll be because of the people because it'll be, be easier to use it than not. Yeah. That's what I mean. It'll just yeah. be, we, the people decide because it's much easier and over here, yeah. not, Hey, let's riot and pull the central banks. They're going to collapse anyway because of the technology that's coming out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, yeah, it's, it's make it obsolete just by making it irrelevant. Like banking will be irrelevant. Like literally the term banking may disappear. That's a possibility. Wow. Because you know? to bank something means to hold and store. Yeah. Right. So we would each individually be banking our own money because like you're saying, we can... Oh, we wouldn't need a bank. We'd just use our wallet. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, ban like banking, but we, it wouldn't be a bank because it's just our money. We're just holding on to it. And then yeah, and we'd be saving it or, you know, like the word banking might actually like 50, 80 years from now, the word banking might be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, totally. You know, like, well, by the end of this century, I think conscious in our conscious awakening, we're going to look at a completely different place. You think at the start of the 1900s, 1920, right. they'd just come out of the war. They were just going into the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. They went off the gold standard and 10 years later, you know, yeah. to the fiat currency system and all of that. Like those 100 years from now, whoa, dude, we won't even be able to realize this world. No. Because no. we, Yeah, like, I mean, humanity has been like however many thousands of years and then, and then like however many thousands of years we made the wheel, we made, <laughs> we, made, we, made, we made electricity, we made industrialization, we made computers. Like we're the bottom of a very big uptick you know like a, and it will be vertical it'll be like it'll be it'll be weird when we're old man like we think we know what's going to happen like we we can illustrate it in episodes of futurama or rick and morty or whatever we like but it's just gonna it's gonna get so weird yeah it's not gonna be anything like this dude but, it's already it's 2020 it's already so weird i know ufos like it, are real according to cnn you know, what's that ufos are real according to cnn a week ago well, good because um, we're yeah. at the time of full disclosure. I don't know if you've been following right. any of that stuff. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've kind of, kind of, I've, I've watched a few things, but it's, it, it's crazy, interesting times. Like anything is possible. I really won't be surprised if 
you know, Trump standing there at the podium and he pulls his head off and he's an alien. alien. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I, I don't know. Voted in because of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that he is, um, but I am. But I am saying that um, trying to have like this clear expectation of what the Garden of Eden is going to be like will probably yeah. hold you back from experiencing it. What you want to do is just incrementally, day by day unleash yourself from the shackles in little actions and mm. you know little actions that people can start doing is just re like watch a few cryptocurrency documentaries or or start the journey like start the precipice of it right yeah. like get get a taste for it um also the finance system is just as important as the cryptocurrency space because understanding uh what's broken will help you understand which fixes are going to be the the winning the winning race to back mm. um which is super interesting too. So there's lots of stuff happening in the economy as, you know, as we've chatted about. Um, but there's just uh, some really, really good thinkers in the finance space. Like this is a better time than ever for a financial education. Like the opportunities we'll see in the next five to 10 years, I think are going to be just incredible. Like, you know, as far as if you want to get wealthy now is the greatest time to get wealthy. Like it is very, very good. Uh, it's very ripe. It may seem all doom and gloom out there, but that's that. That means that there's 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 people hurting, and there's opportunities that come as a result of that. You know. All right. Well, you dangled the carrot. What are you talking about? How, <laughs> how how are we how are we getting wealthy at these times, or what resources do we need to be going and learning from? So really interesting. Uh, I listened to the Tim Ferriss Howard Marks interview like two days ago. It came out super cool episode, um, and he Howard Marks put it a really interesting way, which I who's thought Howard Marks cool. by the way. Um, I haven't listened to him before that episode, but I did see in the show notes that Warren Buffett said if Howard Marks sends him an email, he opens it before he opens any other email in his inbox because he knows he's going to learn something. So I think that that's interesting. Um, but the one Tim Ferriss and him were having a conversation. I can save you listening to the episode. Um, but the the really interesting piece was um, Howard Marks was saying, "Say we we're making bets in the market, right?" And we were going to bet that the S&P 500, which just means like the value of the top 500 companies in America, right? Um, if we we're going to make a bet that the S&P 500 price where it is right now was going to be greatly different, you know, next year, how likely do we think that would be? And the answer is, it's not very likely because it's, you know, recovered, you know, relative to the, to the hit it took when, when, when COVID-19 was announced, et cetera. Um, but then he said, you know, what are the odds if we bet that something's if we bet on an underdog going really really well and it does some sort of exponential growth what is the rate of return on that and the rate of the return is much greater so it's a time to be placing bets on 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 odds that don't tell you that it's the favorite like betting on the favorite means that you've got to you know like if you go to the horse races you bet on the favorite it's like two to one, one and a half to one kind of thing, right? You get, and I'm not, I'm not a horse better, by the way. <laughs> like, this is not me. I'm like using the metaphor from the episode. But the, like, I'm not going to win much money. But if I go and place it on the 10 horses for the day that are paying 50 to one, mm. I, you know, like, if I get one winner, the returns are greater. So anyway, it's this, it's this, it's this uh, time right now in history where we have things like um, take this micro- Cosm of real estate, for example, right? Queenstown in New Zealand. It's a snow town. It's a tourist village, right? It's all tourism. It's all runs on tourism. Um, the, the place is at a complete standstill because of, you know, flights and tourism and whatnot. Now, they've got the most beautiful adventure sports and snow fields and all that kind of stuff. And real estate and rentals is falling through the floor, mm -hmm. like just like falling off a cliff face in terms of prices. So like real estate investing in that area at the right time in the cycle would be very advantageous because it will bounce when there's, when, when tourism can return, when things can get back to normal at some point, um, it will bounce. So those opportunities to get that bigger, bigger upside where you've got the odds of it, you know, the odds are in your favor kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and the rate of return is better exists right now where it doesn't in a normal time. It doesn't when we don't have a recession. We don't have that leverage. So, you know, like that real estate, Queenstown is just like one tiny, tiny, tiny 
um, you know, example. Another example is, is like Sydney Airport. Sydney Airport like got dumped, you know, like like the price of the share dumped because planes are, you know, grounded and whatever. Yeah. I think Sydney Airport's still going to be there in 20 years. Now's the time to buy stocks. Maybe now, maybe in another six months. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying buy now. Hmm. I'm saying that it will bounce. So... Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's interesting things like that. Um, I am, I am waiting. I'm, I'm a bit of a perma bear at the moment. I, I do think we're going to fall a little further in the markets. Okay. So I am uh, waiting, but I'm not waiting entirely. Like you take, if, if you, if you're betting that things are going to go down, you need to still take bets against yourself to defend. <laughs> so, um, yeah. you know, you've got to play it smart, but, um, I still think things are going to go down a little further because I don't think we've seen the last of this ripple. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But it's really interesting to think like what the opportunities might be. And people have so many different opportunities in so many different industries. Like, I mean, buying oil last week, you know, buying oil at the start of last week, you could have made, you know, a, a good little amount off the bounce. And I know people who made, you know, 80 to a hundred thousand dollars with less than five grand. Wow. Um, so yeah, <laughs> like there is some crazy, crazy stuff happening right now. But the point of all of this is, is like financial education, financial education, financial education. Like you can't, you can't have a worse uh, time not to be doing at least some financial education. And there's so much out there. There's so much on the, you know, like there's a plethora of things on the internet. I really wanted to use that word today. I was trying to think. Plethora. Um, there's so much stuff out there. There's good stuff. There's okay stuff. But the skill that people need to craft as they go on their education journey. And you know this from all of your, you know, amazing talents in all the different fields that you're talented in, personal development, affiliate marketing, all the things that you're amazing at, Scotty, um, is discernment. Like there's good, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff online and, and you probably need to learn a stack and then, and then go, right, what fits me, my style, my skills, my perfect storm of who I am in the mm. world, you know, um, and, and, and think about it and puzzle it together. Um, but yeah, like, I, I mean, it's an incredible time. There's some incredible opportunities. Um, I personally, I personally think that there'll be more challenges when things try to restart things that have been in hibernation that try to push a go. You're going to have a false start and the car engine is going to be broken. Mm. You know, there's more things to like sort of fall out in my opinion, in my view. Um, but I think that's great. Like, and I think that's great for everyone listening. Um, even even if that means that their business is dying as a result of this restart and they're one of the people who are in that boat, um, the cool thing about the country they live in, uh, if they're Australian or, if, or you know, like uh, is that debt restructuring and all those sorts of things have never had so much opportunity either. So here's a great thing for actually everyone listening. Go try on. this. Try this if you've, got, if you've got the situation. So if you have a credit card or something like that and you want to pay it off, uh, right now and save save paying the whole bill you can ring up a credit card company and say hey due to you know COVID-19 and experiencing you know financial hardship during these times I want to pay off my credit card um, I can't afford to pay the whole thing so I'd like to make an offer you know like can I speak to the right person here to, to make that offer and they'll put you through to the person and you say look I can afford like the the bills 20 grand I can afford 10 grand will you take that and they say no and you say, well, I may not be able to pay any of it then because I might, I might, I'm, I, I, I might, you know, become bankrupt or something like that because of these hard times. Like anything could happen right now. I don't know if my job's going to come back. This, this, this. Like, would you accept half? Like, just ask the same question again. And I know a handful of people um, out of the. 30 odd people I've told to do this have actually had success with this. Yeah, beautiful. Because people don't understand that the banks. Uh, you know, that to their shareholders, if they collect cents on the dollar for the debt, they look better than not collecting at all. So there's a great win there for people. And don't worry about the banks. Don't feel guilty because they just printed that money on a promissory note from a, you know, Federal Reserve Bank of some sort and, and didn't really have the money on deposit anyway because of fractional reserve lending. Uh, that's a whole bunch of terms to say, you've got nothing to feel guilty about. You have every right. It was printed out against your name anyway. Um, so yeah, ask, ask for what you want right now. And, and that's a really cool way. Like I'm seeing a bunch of people, you know, pay off debt at a discount so, and so they can get leverage from it and go, go ahead, you know. I did that years ago um, where I found out that the banks 
will send your debt or sell your debt, excuse me, to a debt collector right. at cents on the dollar. Right. And then when it gets to the debt collector, you can negotiate with them to get to pay them cents on the dollar because they've only, say they paid 20 cents for every dollar. So they paid two grand for 10 grand's worth of credit card debt. Yep. You go in and say, look, I'll give you three grand to pay off the 10 grand debt. They'll yep. even, at first they came to me to say that and then negotiated and yeah, paid off this debt from the banks uh, to the debt collectors. It's all a game back there. Like you said, they just put zeros on the end of a balance sheet printed out of thin air, not even printed these days, just digitalized. Right. It's not even real. So what they sell is they sell these fancy financial products from bank to bank, from um, merchant to merchant and in different different uh, people inside the system. But essentially they sell uh, debt yield bonds and stuff. And what that means is, is they're selling your debt from one player to another to another. And they're getting X percentage return because they know the collection rate. You're just a number in the system. They don't care about you. No. You know, like um, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a, a profit game to them. They're like they'll go and pay twenty cents on the dollar, and sometimes they pay two cents on the dollar. To be perfectly honest, yeah, um, yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, so, it's, it's very so don't feel guilty. No. You never had a contract with that debt collection agency. You never did anything or signed any document with them. You didn't, you know, you didn't sign up and say, hey, you can chase me for money. Um, so yeah know your rights on that stuff too there's lots of cool stuff out there in this space um but again it's just it's it's education and then discernment and then after you've got the discernment it's like the self-awareness of like right there's 20 different ways i become what i can become wealthy Hmm. what is the best match to my talent skills personality you know life desires whatever look most people right now uh and I don't know about most people, but I know a lot of people that are listening to this show right now, they're not necessarily thinking, oh, I've got all this extra money to go and invest. They're more thinking, oh, I'm getting screwed right now. You know, I'm out of work or, you know, times are a bit lean. What do you say to those people who are just like in the system working every day? The mums and pops like you talked about. Right, well, I mean, if they if they lost their job, they're not working in the system. So they're I mean, income right now, I, I think, you know, there's so many ways to make money online. I know you have pathways for people on that. Um, there's no reason why if you have a computer or even just an iPhone, not even own a computer, mm. if you have some sort of, you know, smart device, there's no reason you can't create a whole business with the thing in your pocket. Yeah. There's no excuses to not be able to earn in the modern era. Um, again, though, it's about it's about some education on that and like mm. how you take first steps on that. And you can probably speak better than that than I can. Um, one thing that I do know that's really good for people to earn right now. Um, and I've been helping a few people do this is people who have created wealth for themselves, mm-hmm. uh, who are looking to become like wealth coaches or money mentors or that kind of thing. Uh, there's a, there's a huge uptick in that right now. Like people getting help in these times um, because it's an incredibly opportune time. So they want to, they want to have someone by their side to take them through the journey. That's that's definitely a, a, a real niche that's carving itself out right now is like new money mentors, this, this, this wave of people being able to show people all these different crazy financial techniques and stuff um, and, and, you know, charging coaching or whatever they do to, to do that. But um, that definitely exists. Um, other cool ways is courses and stuff like that, building online stuff. That's all great, that movement, affiliate marketing, um, network marketing, all sorts of different stuff out there that is amazing to build an income right now. And uh, the cool thing in building anything online right now is the cost of attention is so cheap. Mm. Like, I mean, I'm running Facebook ads to some things, so I happen to know this for a fact, but Facebook ads right now are costing me one-fourth of what they were costing me three months ago. Yeah, right. So, um, you know, there's a 75% discount on getting traffic right you know, like, and, and more in some niches, you know, so it's an amazing time to be growing and building income and all those kind of things. So if, if someone is starting from scratch right now, figure out, you know, what skills do you have that you could, you could help other people with and, you know, find a model or, or look for a way in which you can help people do the things they're already good with. Um, that's, that's what I do. Or, or grab a product that you're a fan of and just, you know, promote a product you love. Yeah. Um, there's so, all sorts of different ways to make money. Yeah, there's lots of ways to make money. And I guess you're sort of answering my question there um, indirectly, but I guess it sounds like what you're saying with the financial system where it is, it's business as usual. We're trucking on the same tracks until this uh, decentralized finance stuff really starts to take hold in the mainstream. 
I think it's business as usual with the caveat of the financial system is in a death roll. We just don't know when the death roll ends and it will be when this new thing bursts and, and, and how long can it last in its current, current state, you know, like. Yeah, but in you, the current you, state, sorry, I just want to say we just printed $6 trillion, mate, into a... Yeah, so, I mean, like, cyclically, like, if you look at, if you look at historically, uh, they printed a stack of money in, you know, the start of the Great Depression in 1929 as well. And then you saw inflation in the middle of the Great Depression. So you saw, you know, a loaf of bread suddenly doesn't cost the same amount of money and it grows exponentially. Yeah. And inflation's a, inflation is exactly the same. It mimics a tidal wave. Mm-hmm. You have no idea it's coming until the waters start receding and it's too fucking late. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, I swore. But the, 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 point, the point is, is that inflation, you need to be outrunning it now. Mm. from the six trillion dollars that has uh, been printed you need to you need to start investing and getting your money working so that your money's at least growing and it's not lazy money that's yeah. just sitting 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 idle um but yeah it's definitely an inflation will come you know uh, as a result of this in 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 which industry in which product vertical i'm not 100 percent certain but uh it will it will happen it will it will be something that unfolds for sure and therefore, if we know that the value of the fiat currency, Australian dollar, US dollar, euro, whatever, is going to go down, uh, you know, need more of them to buy the same loaf of bread, should we now, knowing that that potential tidal wave is coming, be transitioning our, any cash that we've got into gold or silver or cryptocurrencies? I don't. Like, so you're talking about going into exotic assets as a protection or a hedge against cash, and that's definitely true uh, in my opinion, my view for my personal situation. Um, and, and not necessarily advice for anyone because it's so hard to, you know, talk generally to like a thousand people that might listen to this or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the, the inflation, you know, is being like one, 1.1% or whatever, you know, like for however long, you know, like it's not, it's not a big number. And when inflation creeps up, it incre- creeps up to like four or 5%. So as long as you're earning like, you know, um, what you might in shares in real estate typically is like 7 to 8% per annum, then your cash is outrunning the wave, but it sneaks up on you because it like hits you in the bum when, it, when, it, when it's too late. So cash, I still think is good as long as it's earning and it's not sitting like idle. Um, so it, to earn, obviously it needs to, you know, be invested in things that are producing returns in mm. some way, shape or form. So that's one thing. Um, the, so yeah, so cash can outrun it, but then crypto and gold, I think are amazing hedges against the system. Uh, mm. both of them. I love metals. I love, I love crypto, uh, you know, crypto mm. assets. They're, they're, they're great. There's other cool stuff too. Um, but it just depends on how advanced you are. Like you don't want people to say, for example, um, be investing in, um, high risk bonds, um, when they have no idea what even that means. But me right now, I'm like excited by the idea because I'm like, oh, there's those debt collectors buying the thing and they'll have a collection rate and a profit rate of X, right? So the biggest incentive, uh, the, biggest, the biggest way incentives roll up to people uh, in the system of finance is either you have a bunch of money so opportunity comes to you or you have a bunch of knowledge so you know where to go, go to get the opportunity. So knowledge is, is definitely a pathway that can get you running at a decent pace with other people in the system. Yeah, okay. Um, gets, you, gets you some edge. And you were talking about, um, yeah, I want to go to, to uh, thank you for that. So it sounds like we don't necessarily have to run. The system's going to keep moving, but we're going to make a slow uh, creep into this new way of being, which will turn out to be not so slow. It'll actually be over the next five to 10 years, potentially, yeah. um, that'll happen. But I've got Bill O'Donnell. So all the guys that are out there live, I know we're streaming, yeah, sure. we're streaming live right now into the Tribe of Freedom group on Facebook. Um, so big, big love to Dee and Kerry and John for your comments. And I've got one here from Bill um, saying, um, check out Ripple, XRP. Ripple as the technology. And I actually, I hold a few thousand dollars of Ripple myself. Ripple yeah. as the, the technology that they say will be used like the plumbing of finance money transfer. Um, what do you have to say about uh, Ripple? So there's two parts to Ripple. Um, investing in Ripple as an asset, the one you can buy on CoinMarketCap is not interesting to me. Um, okay. And I'll tell you why is because it's, um, 
it, it's got no value capture from the infrastructure parts that are being used in the banking system. So it has, actually has no value capture directly correlated to the price of Ripple. However, it does. It, it is a speculative asset that people like to invest in because it has news announcements which pump the price. But to be honest, the asset isn't a share of the company. It has no value capture of the real asset. So to me, it's just pure speculation to own Ripple. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. The technology is good. All the, all the announcements and stuff are real, but there's no capture from the asset to the token itself. So I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it's good tech. And sure, a lot of banks will use it. And, and they've got a lot of banking partnerships. So I don't think banks will be around in 20 years. So I think Ripple is a good short-term play based on the hype that is around the space. Mm. Sure. But it's not a bet I'd be making. It's not a 20-year bet. It's a three-year bet max. Yeah, right. And yeah. like you're saying, we have no... These are opinions, obviously, too. Like, of course, everything. My opinions, your opinions, but you know, people are asking, so let's have a conversation about it. I like what you say about we just have no idea what's coming. No In idea. Five, no. ten years, we're just all coming. Who would have known that's going to happen? You know, iPhone stuff. Unless the, uh, the aliens actually did make contact and we have their advanced <laughs> technology, which is a good possibility that's real as well. So there was some people from the alien working with the aliens that... Uh, know what's rolling out but uh, <laughs> you know, mate, the future is bright i believe it you believe totally. it we can totally see that it's happening the the we're going to wrap this up in a second but the biggest takeaway that i have from this conversation uh actually came from something that you said right in the beginning and i want to re-emphasize it around this idea that we the people will merely make choices natural choices to adopt technology that is easier to use uh, and better for us. And in doing so, again, innocently and naturally, because it's a better technology, mm-hmm. the current system, the banking system, the, the corruption that controls a lot of us will decay and die its own natural death just because we make a choice for a better future and an easier future. Totally. 100%, man. Um, actually, like it's going to run on the backs of affiliate marketers and people just sharing good quality financial products that banks can't compete with. So like a bank charges 19% for a credit card and then they give you a measly 2% on a savings account and they keep the gap in the middle, right? That's where they make their profit and uh, the people won't stand for that. So they'll lend money cheaper and and take, you know, more savings rates for the better product. So um, yeah, like people are going to be drawn towards that and it definitely will be from just people making everyday choices and the banks can't compete with that. The governments can't compete with it. So it's super cool. It's just, it makes it obsolete, makes it uh, a natural progression. And that idea of we don't need to be activists, you know, riding at the front of town hall, but instead yeah. take action to create the future we want to create. It's like letting go of the fight and embracing the tools for co-creating where we want to go. Yeah. I love your positivity in that, mate. Like we're on the same, same, same brainwave in that. And I think a lot of people are like, we could fight, but why? You know, put down the sword and pick up the, the tools. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a, the, the fight really is just inside of us and it's, and it's getting ourselves out of our own way to just focus on what is valuable for ourselves and our families and, and the people we care about, you know, like, it's a, it's it's where the fight is with distraction, the fight is with interruption, the fight is with noise online, mm. media, you know, like all of the, you know, the crap. The fight isn't the fight is not with uh, the fight is not with like some, you know, evil dark force on the other side of the galaxy. I mean, that makes a great movie, you know. Um, but <laughs> you know, the the fight is is right here. Yeah. You know? Love that, guys. Well, first of all, Roscoe, how do people get in touch with you? How do we find out more about, you said you're launching something very soon, which is exciting. How do we get more info on what you're doing? And For sure. I've got a, um, I'm sort of tracking the unfolding of this, uh, you know, finance collapse, restructure, evolution. And so I created a Facebook group on it. Cool. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash big reset. Um, so Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash big, big reset. reset. Yeah. Um, that's right. I was just making sure. <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, so I just got a group there and I just share the articles. I like the, the, the cream of the articles that I'm reading and the things that I'm finding interesting in the space and, right. and what I'm kind of like looking at in terms of 
indicators and lots of different articles and stuff there and some some education on the topic and that's pretty much it you know um just a container to come say hi on that that, that topic um but i'm everywhere on the socials uh my handle is at roscoe patterson which is r-a-s-s-c-o-p-a-d-d-i-s-o-m and uh yeah people can just say hi i'm a human i don't have like a sales funnel you can go into or anything like that i'm sorry if you wanted that um <laughs> but you can talk to me like a human being people can send me a message and say hi <laughs> yes please we love that and we'll link to that in the show notes of the guys yeah, that sure. on the uh on youtube or the podcast anywhere we'll we'll put that in there mate thank you i bloody appreciate it uh, you paint it's interesting like diving into the conversation of finance and the monetary system and all of this like this could have gone either way it could uh, <laughs> we could be going the darker and the manipulation and all that sort of stuff but yeah this has gone into a really hopeful positive like it's natural we're gonna evolve yep. and, and change we're just shedding the skin next next version of money's coming we're, we're, we're nearly there yeah i love that and it's an inevitable process and i love your certainty in that yeah Totally. So guys, thanks for tuning in to the uh, Tribe of Freedom podcast. I want to give a big shout out to everyone in the Tribe of Freedom group as well that have been watching us live. I'll also link to that in the show notes if you're on the podcast. Guys, if you're on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere that you listen to podcasts, go and leave us a review. The more people that leave us reviews and give us a, a five-star rating, if we deserve it, uh, the more people get to see this because the algorithm pushed it out. So please leave us a review. We love reading them as well. And otherwise, lastly, finally, is go and share this with someone. Someone who needs to hear this sort of positive conversation around the monetary system, uh, grab the share link, share it over to them. And otherwise, keep shining, have fun. We love you heaps. Roscoe, you are a champion. Uh, excited to uh, continue that conversation about a brighter future with the financial world. And maybe you can give us some more tips on that uh, whole building wealth right now too. That sounds really exciting. Yeah, for sure. You're a good man. Thanks so much. Love you guys. Have fun. And we'll see you Thanks soon. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thanks, brother.